It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom, and it's June 1st, which means we have confirmation on what's happening with Dalvin. Wait, we don't? We still don't? Why? Hi, this is Arif Hassan at Pro Football Network. I am reporting live from my hill of austerity. This is Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. This podcast has been generated by an AI. Luke Edmund on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Excited to recap the Thielen Foundation softball game with you guys from last night where Kirk Cousins was robbed of a home run by a certain defensive teammate. That's the best tease I've ever, ever heard. Uh, that's coming up on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. It's another edition of the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. An hour of Vikings talk upcoming, including speculation on Justin Jefferson's contract. Is this the week? Is this the day? Is this the hour that Dalvin Cook's fate is decided? And yes, a little fun with ChatGPT coming up a little later in the show. Also, Ron Johnson makes his Thursday appearance. Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Arif Hassan, some of the top Vikings analysts in the biz with you on this uh, this beautiful Thursday. This show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Head to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And find Locked On Sports Minnesota in so many different ways, folks, on YouTube for free. Get all of our videos there if you just subscribe or free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's not bury this tease. Luke Inman, tell us about the softball game. I was listening to a little power trip this morning, and Corey Cove and Meat Sauce, Paul Lambert, were saying that they got the punter's name wrong the whole time that they were announcing it. Other than that, I know nothing. Okay, well, to be totally honest, I wasn't there, but the wife was there selling the fangirl women's sporting gear over in the concessions. I was getting the play-by-play all night. But anyway, she comes home pretty late. She says, so originally, I didn't think Kirk Cousins was there. And he wasn't originally at the beginning. Well, I guess Kirk showed up a little late, almost just to pop in, say hi, show his face. He gets up there for one at bat right at the end. Gets up there, first pitch, bombs one. Moonshot, deep center field. Looks like it's gone. Everybody on their feet, oohs and ahs. Who comes up and snipes it, though, at the wall, up and over? Anybody want to take a guess? Which defensive player? I was hoping you'd let us guess before we got to it. Um, Obviously, you know, there's a number of defensive players, so I'm more likely to be wrong than right. Uh, my favorite candidates here are Lewis Seen, just because, you know, center fielder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Daniil Hunter, because 
what can't you do? Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't, I don't really want to go with any of the rookies. Gosh. Okay. Hit Hitman is my guess. Hitman. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna go with Harrison Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of you is probably gonna take Hitman as a guess. I'll go with the other safety. I'll go with Lewis Saint. Okay. Uh, and Luke, you're going with Hitman. Well? Cam Bynum. Okay. You can have. You, you can. Okay. Have so we so you got all safeties. three safeties covered, which yeah. logically on paper Center field. makes the most sense. Makes the <laughs> well. Most okay. Sense. Now that you're saying that, it's clearly. Oh not well, a yeah. It's like Harrison <laughs> Phillips or something. Though. Yeah. So, so you're <laughs> all wrong. You're all wrong. It's I'm gonna give. Tonga. I'm gonna give you one backup option here you go i'm gonna say that it wasn't a rookie this player he's in the front seven so it wasn't a safety it wasn't a cornerback right, this player's in the front seven i'm still going with the neil yeah. already wrong yep that's great right. jordan great. hicks jordan hicks yeah <laughs> very close same position who's no the way, athletic no freak isn't he like five four? How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I still have yet to see any video. I don't know if we will see any video at Play some point later on. Kirk, One of oh, the Kirk issues in his scouting up. report is yeah. his ability to move backwards while staying square That's right. in the line of scrimmage. That's, That's right. incredible. That's Look at that problem solved. Yeah. Right. What, what better zone coverage OT can you have hurts. than that? Just Flores is knowing that. Wonders already. Yeah. The fact that guys all are, right. The no range. Kirk yet. Yeah, no Kirk. Finally, po- oh, Kirk did Asamoah show up. going to be like an all-pro. First pitch, Phenomenal. moonshot, and Brian Asamoah. I-, I mean, can you imagine the next day or whenever the next practice is, those two jump back and forth and having some good laughs. Uh, sounded like a great time, though, as always, at those uh, Thielen Foundation events. I'm, I'm on track to be wrong about every single one of the picks in that draft class, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, Caleb Evans, <laughs> starting like, cornerback. I don't know if Lewis Seen is going to start. Uh, yeah. Luke apparently posted this long thing about how Ed Ingram secretly was good in the second half of the season. <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Asamoah actually can do stuff besides move fast in a straight line. I'm done. Jalen Naylor getting reps with the first team with <laughs> JJ and, and Addison out. Yeah, watch out, man. I, I was not bold enough to have takes on the fifth returner. <laughs> At least that I can remember. Maybe I did have some takes. But. You're right. Vikings, Vikings playing their golf tournament yesterday, <laughs> playing a softball game yesterday. Today yeah. they're building a playground for, for young, you know, kids in need i don't know there's not a lot of football going on guys i don't know maybe they're supposed they're to like slacking. old kids in need uh <laughs> you know children <laughs> children of all ages no but there is one Too much foundational piece on. here sam <laughs> there's one foundational piece going on here sam you're right not a lot of football but you know what's going on some hashtag chemistry being built mm-hmm. right now the foundation the bricks are being laid for a super bowl run in 2023 let's go let's go is dalvin cook going to be part of the super bowl run it's june 1st is this going to be a friday news dump is that why it's not today is this going to be friday afternoon we're we're on the golf course or whatever version of the golf course looks like run a patio somewhere we're checked out for the week and then they drop this the news that they've traded dalvin cook for a conditional seventh round pick in 2026 luke braun is that was is that what is going to happen in about 27 hours? Could be. Uh, I. So the thing about the June 1st stuff is that it's all post June 1st, which means June 2nd and onward. So today is yeah, not necessarily not, like not the a deadline. Day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could see the like the rap sheet tweet today and then it processes tomorrow or whatever. But that right. is the uh, 
d- d- it, it's kind of like everybody's waking up today like a kid on Christmas hoping they're going to see news or like it's the first day of free agency. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be disappointed when just like nothing happens. And the well, most it's, news it's, we it's get after, is like the, someone uh, had a weird tweet. Is it after 4 p.m. Eastern when uh, any transactions today are processed tomorrow? I have no I idea. It's 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 dumb that we paid this like minute specific attention to these deadlines. Yeah, go golf. It's fine. You'll come back from the club and you'll have, see that someone got traded <laughs> in, in an hour and a half ago, and it's going to be okay. We'll have been, yeah, we'll have been no different than if you had not gone golfing. Or uh, you can sneak eighteen in. I promise. Or play a better sport. Even actually, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a little pickleball golf. going. You know, maybe just just throw the Frolf, frisbee around with the dog pickleball. outside. Anything that's not contributing to climactic discretion. Any of those sports. It, careful yeah. with the pickleball you get court. Like six I just, nice days a year in Minnesota. Don't spend them inside refreshing Twitter on June 2nd. Quick 10-second side story. Careful on that pickleball court. Just had a good friend, Tara's Achilles, just last week playing pickleball. Get a little too into it, a little too intense. Oh, yeah. So we, too we serious, should not so. bring up Dalvin specifically and pickleball. Got it, it. it. Correct. Correct. That's where I was going. You knew where I was going <laughs> with that. Cook, Thank you. You don't play pickleball. Dalvin <laughs> Cook right. do not play pickleball if you are listening. That's right. <laughs> trade <laughs> falls through. The significantly Cook less injury. Pending physical. Trade <laughs> confirmed <laughs> pending physical. Let's not um, risk that. <laughs> Let's assume for a moment the, the trade stakes. does come to fruition. Arif, guess the compensation. Uh, I mean, the fact that a trade hasn't occurred tells me that the compensation is quite low um, and, and that the Vikings don't want to move on it. So uh, I would say that they'd be pretty lucky to get a fourth round pick out of it. Um, now, the deal does look a lot better for any team taking them on post June 1st. So. Um, that could change things, but I, I would say I'm going to guess a fifth round pick and that feels too low, but a fourth round pick feels too high. It's like one of those things where like your brain doesn't, we don't yeah. think very linearly. So, you know, the fourth seems way different than a fifth. I'm with you. I'll say a conditional fifth next year that could turn into a sixth actually, unless he meets certain barometers or whatever, little details, obviously accelerators in that contract, but I'm with you, Reef. Like I know it. It, it, it feels dirty to say out loud a fifth for Dalvin, maybe even a six, but I just think that's where we're at guys with the market, the way it is Ron, two kinds of currency. There's, there's two kinds of currency. If you're trading Dalvin cook away and you're not taking on any of the contract, that's mm-hmm. the win. That's the, the value that you're trying to get out of that situation. Um, I think they'd be lucky to get a sixth back. It's not about draft picks. It's about dumping the money. Mm-hmm. $11 million. If they trade him post June 1st, Nine million if they cut him, I believe, um, which is why we're assuming it's a trade. We're assuming that there's something, some handshake deal that's been agreed upon. That's why the agent has been so dodgy. That's why there's been so much silence is because I'm projecting that this has already been established and people are just mum about the details until it can become official. Vikings could clear 11 million. Then they would have like, what, 18, 19 million dollars of cap space with which they could create extensions. And hey, isn't it interesting that this aligns with the rumors about Justin Jefferson's contract maybe coming down the pipeline? Hmm, I wonder where the money's coming from. Maybe it's Dalvin <laughs> Cook's trade. Uh, while, we're, while we're playing guessing games, why don't we guess the Justin Jefferson contract? Because it's probably going to set the market by how much 
is the question. Let's go to Spinman. Justin Jefferson deal. Yeah, I mean, the bar right now. So Tyreek Hill, he's got the highest average per year at 30 mil. I think JJ's ends up coming in at 32, 33 per year. I know Devontae Adams has the highest total value at 140 mil. I think JJ's ends up being, depending on how long it is, right? I think it ends up being a six to seven year deal, if not longer, gets up in that $200 million ballpark. And then Cooper Cup, he's got the highest total guaranteed in his contract at 75 mil. So I think JJ ends up getting 80 mil total guaranteed. So when it's all said and done, I think JJ ends up having the highest contract for any wide receiver in football in all three categories, average per year, total value, and total guaranteed. Now, question for Luke and Arif. I saw AJ Brown has the most fully guaranteed at 56 mil. So I think JJ hits about 60 there. But what's the difference between the fully guaranteed and the total guaranteed? What's the difference? What's the one where you just sign a piece guaranteed of paper for injury? and that money is yours? Yeah, it's guaranteed, for, guaranteed for injury is the difference. And then there's a third category, functionally guaranteed, uh, that includes the, the rolling guarantees that, um, you know, if you're on the roster at the beginning, let's say it's like uh, March 15th of 2024, then suddenly your 2025 salary becomes guaranteed. Now, you weren't going to cut this guy in 2024. You take on a $100 million cap it. Mm -hmm. So clearly that guy is going to remain on the roster. And so you are then guaranteeing 2025. Um, but it, it it's like weird accounting reasons to do that. Yeah. Got it. it. Yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's accounting reasons. Um, it changes like the cash flow structure. And I, I think it has more to do with cash flow than it does with cap, right? Because the cap accounting is the same if it's a salary, whether or not it's guaranteed. But the cash flow is like how much you have to put in escrow if you're a team, right? Um, Got it. And it, okay. it changes like the nature of what happens if you trade a player, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so you can have a third type of guaranteed, which is even bigger then the number that you hear for guaranteed and even bigger than the number twice again for fully guaranteed. And so he could be functionally guaranteed, you know, something like $80 million pretty. Mm -hmm. Got pretty it. Easy. Okay. Why did everybody love the Patrick Mahomes deal so much? Is it because they just extended it out so long? I know everybody saw the number, mm -hmm. what, $450 million, but like a 10-year deal. Did they just backload that thing? A lot of people after seeing the Lamar deal, the Jalen Hurts deal, uh, Kyler Russell, all these guys, they looked at the Mahomes deal and said, man, the Chiefs played that right. Is there something specific that you can put your finger on that says this is what the Chiefs did, that they were really smart about this thing when it came to that Mahomes deal? And could the Vikings do something yeah. similar, I guess, with JJ? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's that it's so long. It's, it's okay. a 10 year it's deal. Long. And the cap numbers in those last years are still 44 million, 44, 50, 52. Uh, that. There's by 2030, a, a $50 million cap hit for your quarterback is going to be nothing. Right. Now, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of right. like, structure stuff that could happen. And right. So uh, in, in 20, because they're it's going so to... team friendly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So even even if he, he stayed at that number, which he won't, um, right. but even if he stayed at that number um, in 2027, they're going to have to restructure because that's when all the signing bonuses run out. And so there's Got like it. a huge cap hit then. And mm -hmm. so um, they're it, it's huge. I mean, 2027, a $62 million cap, it's actually probably fine. But um, okay. it's yeah. probably fine. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, they'll, they'll probably restructure. But the thing is, um, yeah, it's a 10-year deal. Yeah, the most of that that money on the deal is imaginary. Neither, neither side will see kind of that contract uh, term worked out. But the thing is, 
it gives the Chiefs additional leverage in a negotiation because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mahomes' options are to hold out, in which case he gets fined a ton, before even for him, mm-hmm. uh, before heading in camp, or playing on that contract and negotiating in good faith with the Chiefs. And so the Chiefs can always say, ah, we don't like this, you know, $70 million a year deal. We're going to keep going on this other deal that you have. It's also another case where it's a deal full of rolling guarantees, like I just mentioned, you know, where he has a bunch of money kick in the year following, um, you know, the beginning of a new league year. So again, uh, on the right before the 2024 league year begins, his 2025 salary becomes guaranteed, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a nice deal. It makes the agent look good because that total number looks amazing. Uh, it's a nice deal because the guarantees, like when not fully guaranteed, but like the mm-hmm. the guarantees, which include guaranteeing for injury, are really impressive looking. Uh, and it's a nice deal because uh, you can move money around with it really easily. Like the signing bonus does not take up that much of the deal. And so you can you can convert it really easily. So it's really flexible for the Chiefs as well because it allows them to say, hey, you know, um, Justin Jefferson's on the trade market. We need to understand how we can uh, incorporate this massive new contract that he just signed two years ago. Oh, we'll just convert, you know, some of Patrick Mahomes' salary to sign bonus. Mm-hmm. And we've got the time to do that. We don't have to worry about void years because it's a 10-year contract, that sort of thing. So um, there's a lot to it that's really nice for the Chiefs. Conversely, I think this also means it's not a good deal for Patrick Mahomes. It just it feels like it. It kind yeah. of feels yeah. like it. I mean, 10 years, you think, I, I immediately think, oh, man, that thing's got to be super backloaded. And like you said, like neither side of this equation is going to even see that part of the contract. But 450 mil, 10 years, average per year, 45 mil, even towards the end, like that's just wild. And I mean, not a huge difference, but you know, Lamar who just signed that monster one 52 per year, Jalen hurts, 51 Rogers, 50 and a half. The chiefs got a great deal, I guess at the end of the yeah. day. Oh, uh, over the cap, by the Absolutely. way, has the numbers that, that might help you kind of cognize the difference between fully guaranteed function, guaranteed and guaranteed. Printing. Got it. Okay. So yeah, when he signed that. in 2020, $63 million of it was fully guaranteed. Remember, this is a $450 million contract. So mm-hmm. $63 million of it was fully guaranteed. That seems low. But $141 million was guaranteed for injury. So it's more than twice the amount of guaranteed was 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 uh, of the fully guaranteed was guaranteed for injury. So if they cut him, he doesn't see it, right? But if he gets injured, he sees it. I see. Um, okay. And then $477.6 million is functionally guaranteed through rolling guarantees. Mm. And it's like, that's the whole cut. That's the... That's the cost. It's a whole contract. Solid. The whole contract's fully guaranteed. Right. right. Functionally guaranteed. So, you know, great. Great. Okay. So, yeah. So there will be a you- moment. There will be a time when we all look at Patrick Mahomes and go, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. he is so underpaid. How did we get to a point where mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes I feel is like underpaid. we're almost hey, there. He's going to see it all. I feel I mean, like we're if, almost if, there. If it yeah. weren't for yeah, the, maybe. I mean, Within the context of the salary cap, he's still probably underpaid. Mm -hmm. If you remove the context of the salary cap, he is grossly underpaid. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So, uh, long story short, okay, could the Vikings do something similar with Justin Jefferson? Is that an option? Do you think they would? Why haven't other teams with their quarterbacks copy and pasted this deal that Mahomes and the Chiefs made when it came to the Ravens and Lamar and the Eagles with Jalen Hurts and things like that? Uh, A lot of it has to do with cash flow. It's really difficult to copy this. That Um, makes sense. uh, And then also, I mean, the structure is unusual. There's you don't get um, so you get a lot of flexibility in terms of roster construction with him, 
you don't get as much flexibility if you ever want to trade. Well, obviously, they're never going to trade him, but like it's always nice to have options down the road. And then the third thing is, if I were an agent, I would never have my player agree to this deal ever, not once. Yeah. Um, I'd mm-hmm. want my player to hit free agency every four years mm-hmm. uh, if I had if I had a player mm-hmm. that good. Um, and I'd want the guarantees to be not uh, completely upfront again because these are functional guarantees. It doesn't matter. But I'd want the guarantees to just be a little bit more solid, if For that sure. makes sense. So, yeah, no. If, I'm looking if at I the was, numbers now. I, I can't yeah. believe how low it is compared to some of these other ones. I mean, just yeah. total guaranteed alone, he ranks like ninth, eighth. You know, yeah. Josh Allen, Murray, Russell Wilson, Rogers, Hurts, Lamar, below all those guys. So uh, I know it's been, what, two years now, I guess, two off seasons total. Mm-hmm. But, man, already, to Luke's point, just seems already feels like we're already getting close to where it feels like Mahomes is already underpaid. So uh, you think to the six market. or seven years for Jefferson, Luke? Yeah, um, I, do. I do. Arif, what do you what do you project for JJ? I think I think it's probably uh, five years. Um, I don't think we'll see a six seven year contract. Uh, maybe four years with like a team option for a fifth. Although we we're not seeing team options nearly as much as we used to. Um, but it's something like that. I think that seeing probably a twenty eight thirty million dollar contract. I know it's a new cap environment and I know that you probably see a higher average than ever before and Tyreek Hill is at thirty, so you'd you'd expect it to be higher than thirty. Um that's just so tough. That's so tough. Um hopefully he hits thirty two, thirty three, thirty four. I'm guessing it's gonna be close to thirty, uh, and I'd love to be wrong about that. Um so that my guess is it'll be five year, about 30, maybe $150 million total contract that you can advertise, really nice round number. Uh, and then the, I imagine that the fully guaranteed will be close to, to $60 million to make up for that difference. And then the functional guarantees will probably be up to $100 million. All right. Bron, your thoughts? Yeah, I think the Vikings got Justin Jefferson to sign that contract. That would be a really big win for the Vikings. I really like that as an idea as like a Vikings fan. I, I wonder, I think they could get him to do a five-year deal. I think he likes it here well enough. There's no animosity or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But again, like Arif said, if I were his agent, I wouldn't want him to do that. I mean, look at how like Kirk Cousins has made his money. He's been back at the negotiating table every mm-hmm. single year and he's been able to leverage that into more and more and more and more money. Um, I'll give it a five-year deal. Sure. I'll be optimistic and I'll say 32.5 mil, which would be 162.5 total. Uh, and the guarantees, yeah, I'll give it like about half-ish, say $85 million guaranteed, and then the functional guarantees would balloon beyond the $100 million mark. I think that Jefferson's camp would anchor and say, hey, we would like $200 million, six-year deal, $33 million plus per year. The Vikings come back and say sick. no. We would like... That'd be better for the be... Vikings, in my opinion. Why is that, Luke? Just real quick. Same reason the, the Mahomes contract is okay, better. That's More, what, yeah. Um, yeah, locking up Justin Jefferson at that average annual value because mm-hmm. $33 million now and $33 million six years from now is just going to feel a lot For different. Sure. So the later... The longer we go yeah. before the next time Justin Jefferson is at the negotiating table, the more money we're going to be able to save on more this. A three-year deal for Justin Jefferson is better for Jefferson, worse for the team. Yes. Correct. Compared to the market in three, four years. Any, anytime a, a high-quality player has the ability to hit the market, mm-hmm. the number of buyers is always going to push the price up more than the perceived value that a player might have. 
on the market. We see this all the time when teams negotiate with players uh, in the off season, we see the numbers bandied around and then we see what they actually sign for. If they don't go with those numbers and hit free agency, there's a bit of a selection bias there because the players have some knowledge of what their market's going to look like. But generally speaking, teams want to get deals done with high quality players before they hit the market, because the market's always going to increase their value more than you bake in when you actually attempt to project what the market does. So if Jefferson ever hits free agency, whether it's at the conclusion of this offseason, or I guess it wouldn't be this offseason, but at the conclusion of whichever the end of his contract, um, or at the conclusion of his next contract, uh, his numbers would explode. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it landing at a five-year deal. I just don't know if Kwesi is... Because again, this is not Mahomes. This is a different position. A position where... There's more wear and tear. He hasn't shown signs of that, but there is more wear and tear and more risk the later you get into your 20s. I could see it landing five years, 170. And the average annual value like blows Tyreek Hill out of the water at 34. Guarantees probably in the 80s. Um, and Jamar Chase will break it next year. Like Even if Jamar Chase is not the receiver Justin Jefferson is, I think he probably sets the market yeah, again next matter. year. So you're thinking yeah. it's going to be a spike in average annual value from the top receiver from 30 million to 34 million APY? Yes. That's interesting. And different position, different scenario, but you know, everybody lost their minds when Kirk Cousins signed that massive fully guaranteed three years. It's all guaranteed. guaranteed. But sure enough, it wasn't two years later, three years later. It wasn't so uncommon, put it that way. So yeah, you're right, Sam. I, I could see that as well with Jamar Chase. Um, we've got Ron Johnson here. I think any moment I will tee up this, uh, our AI activity. And this is only to annoy Luke Braun. Luke Braun hates robots. He hates AI. He hates technology. Luke, why do you, why do you hate it so much? What, what do you have against chat GPT? <laughs> technology. Writing is a creative profession. If you use chat GPT, that feels a little <laughs> bit, uh, oh, stop. Full stop. Long dramatic pause. Uh, yeah, You're honestly, full li- writing is a creative profession. Full stop. <laughs> Connect the dots. <laughs> and writing so about sports chat- creatively is one of the easiest. Like, I know writers I, okay, who I, write I'll, hard I'll, things. I'll, I'll, I'll add this. I'll add this. Uh, one of the things that has made sports writing more difficult to read over the past twenty years has been a move towards a move away from good writing and a move towards optimization, optimization for clicks, read through whatever, yes. right? Optimization. God. And what optimizes more than firing writers and hiring an AI that costs way less and is trained on the data that we hate, right? It is trained on the most popular sports writing techniques the ones that we hate and that makes writing worse. Mm. That's, I think that that's fair. That is specific. It is not a general argument against AI or technology, uh, although I do have that too. But I think that that is a specific concern about the way it would be deployed in the current environment. It, it bothers me. We'll have 8,000 power rankings, none of which are based off of anybody who watches the games. And in a literal sense, not in the, hey, nerd, don't you watch the games? Get rid of your spreadsheet. But, like, literally, it doesn't watch the games. <laughs> you take that bite and put it into the, the nerdy stat of the day intro. Perfect. Yes. 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 Um, I love that idea. So hey, good. producers, get on it. 
Isn't that you, Sam? More. No, we're going to AI. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, outsourcing. Oh, yeah, AI. More on the dwindling American workforce and the future of humanity. After I tell you that, FanDuel brings us today's show. FanDuel uh, has all the lines for the NBA Finals, and they've they've juiced up the no sweat first bet up to twenty five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's right, two five zero. Zero. So make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals. Heat favored by eight and a half. Or check that. Nuggets favored by eight and a half over the Heat in game one. That's tonight on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Great promotions every day. Safe and secure. Get paid instantly. No better place to bet the NBA Finals. And hey, the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Then America's number one sportsbook. For no sweat first bet, up to $2,500 back in bonus bets at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sam, I have breaking news. Absolutely earth-shattering breaking news. Is it right? Play 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 the sound of it. No, it is is absolutely not what you think. Good job. Uh, (laughs) Hit me. Jordan is working out for the Vikings today. You cut out. What did you say? I I, I didn't hear it. What did you say? Jordan Ta'amu is working out for the Vikings today. Oh. DC Defenders legend. Oh! oh. You Tamu. did cut out for me, too. I thought you said Jordan Addison. I was like, oh, you mean he's like practicing oh. today? Oh, he's fine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You, you, you said Jordan, and then the rest cut out, and I, all three of us assumed you were talking <laughs> oh, about sweet. Addison. I really wanted to get your hopes up that it was something a lot bigger than this, so that worked out great. Um, <laughs> Ole Miss legend, right? Burn Ole Miss, baby. Yeah. Was it Ole Miss? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I get, I get Ole Miss and Miss State confused all the time. So it was, you know, apologies. Okay, great. Thank you, Luke. I'm sure they're very mad at you about that. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing with Michigan and Michigan State uh, for players. Uh, the only the only two players I've never screwed that up with are Kirk Cousins and Trey Waynes. The the other players that have gone to either Michigan or Michigan State, I'm just like, yeah, it's one of the two. <laughs> Go Sparta Reedens. I don't know, man. Um, yeah jordan tom who uh legend for the panthers practice squad a washington football team practice squad lions practice squad chiefs practice squad he is he's one of those like if you're a super analytics draft guy which there aren't many because that's a tough gig it's hard to project the draft (laughs) he's one of those guys that like really sticks out as a as a potential gem obviously hasn't really worked out Uh, i would say that those analytics have been uh roundly defied but i would argue that he's probably got a better chance of of doing some stuff uh more than other minor leaguers of course case keenum and ben denucci excluded they have the best shot of being cutting hall of famers okay all one right. six there five is, ten yard uh, split. Let's go four seven seven forty yard dash. Is. Let's play classic Quasi. There is here's, uh, here's, merit to having a fourth QB in camp too. Uh, that can help with drills yes. and stuff. Even if that guy doesn't have like a functional chance to make the team, sometimes you just want a guy. That yeah, from from a from a practice design standpoint, you want four quarterbacks. Who's some of the best fourth string yeah. quarterbacks they brought in in training camp? Who's the Iowa uh, kid? James Stanley. Vanderberg? Nate Stanley. Nate, oh, Nate Stanley. Yeah. Nate Stanley. Was was My like best, do you mean like the Just most funniest. awful? Because yeah. Joel Stave was maybe the worst I've seen. Mitch Leidner. Oh, wow. Mitch really Leidner, bad. Joel Stave, James Vanderberg, Wes Lunt. Peter Pujols. Wes Lunt. Wes Lunt was bad. 
West Lunt was, I think West Lunt was worse than Joel Stavik. West Lunt was abysmal. Um, sorry, West Lunt fans or West Lunt, if you're listening. Pride of Illinois. <laughs> but, wow. But, um, but I mean, it's just, it just like stuck out. It was, it was it, a lot of Big Ten guys, huh? I think, I think James Vanderberg was the worst and then West Lunt and then a pretty significant gap until you get to your, um, Jake Browning was at one point a fourth stringer. So your Jake Brownings, your mm-hmm. Nate Stanley's, your so on. Um, I, I think also um, Kyle Sloter was a fourth at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most entertaining, um, mm-hmm. but the best one was probably Taylor Heineke, right? Yeah, for I, sure. I wouldn't say that Sloter was a fourth. It, tra- it traded for him to like be a three, and then he was on the roster in like two weeks after that. He was never a fourth? Was Case Cookus a four at any no. point or did he go directly from a three like a because, seven. and then when people came back <laughs> well he was a three um, because one two and three were unavailable right for yeah. reasons. So if, if that if 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 we're saying where in the rep chart was he taking reps yeah that's right. what i'm was a yeah. three he was never a four he was only a three never a four. He, was never a he was only a three and then went directly got, to seven and cut yeah he got beat out by danny yetling i think Yes, yes. Like, what a name! Like, Brown, like a day, Dan and then Yetling, Danny Yetling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, A John David Booty. They all like kind of rolled back a three, in. right? Tyler Thigpen. John David Booty was definitely a three. Trash. I don't think he was ever a four. McLeod. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good was, one. That's a good one. That's a good four because he was a four. He's playing yeah. in the USFL, isn't he? No way. He's got to be like forty now. MBT. He, his arm might at, be almost as strong as Josh Allen's is now. That dude had a rocket. Uh, let's play breakers. the AI game. <laughs> John McLeod, <laughs> Balthasar, Bethel Thompson, let's go! <laughs> yup. Born July 3rd, 1988. Oh, so he's as old as me. That's old as hell. <laughs> 34. I've asked ChatGPT five questions about the Vikings history. I want you guys to guess its responses. Um, starting with, we need some music for this one. Do we? What do you think? We need to keep people awake somehow. <laughs> this is called Dance Pop. This is called Into Space. Yeah. Casual. Okay. Kind of a quiz show vibe. Top three receivers in Vikings history, according to ChatGPT. Luke Enman, what do you think? I missed it. The music is just putting me in a trance. What'd you say? <laughs> top Does that three happen Vikings to AI? receivers. Does AI get entranced by music? Oh, top three Vikings receivers. Uh, I think it's gonna say. Uh, I think it's gonna say Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Justin Jefferson. Doesn't okay. make sense. Just go with um, it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, ChatGPT doesn't make sense. It, um, right. It frequently comes up with wrong answers and incorrect data. Uh, Paul Gallo actually asked it to produce a This Day in History for Houston Sports, and it produced um, five events, none of which occurred. Um, so, good track record. Yeah. Good, good, good. good, good. Um, so, Chad GPT's top three receivers in Vikings history. Uh, Ron Johnson's here, so we're going to have to do this really quickly. Um, I'm going to say it knows Randy Moss and Chris Carter. It's going to it's gonna include those two. Um, and then it's going to do something weird like, say, Adam Thielen. Okay. Like it. Ron? I'll, I'll go with Carter and Moss. And then, yeah, it's going to be like Thielen or Diggs because there aren't enough years of SEO data to like train the AI to know about Justin Jefferson yet. Yeah, so it stopped I'll, in September 2021. Diggs. The ChatGPT mm. database stops in September 2021. That's, oh, well, yeah. definitely not 
Jefferson then. Uh, yeah, yeah I kept the knowledge in my back pocket. Randy Moss, Chris Thanks, Carter. Buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Stephen yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are absolutely on the right track. It's Moss, Carter, and then Ahmad Rashad. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Okay. I'm not even mad. <laughs> I'm not even mad. How could you be? Yeah. Okay. There's Ron Johnson. He's fresh off the Vikings golf tournament on Wednesday. <clears throat> Ron, uh, how'd the scramble go? Uh, went good. Uh, we were thir- 13 under. I have no idea what happened uh, as far as scores. I had to go. My daughter had a softball game, of course, of like always. I uh, got another game tonight. But yeah, no, it went good. I got a chance to uh, talk to Michael Floyd, uh, John Randall. Uh, Sullivan was there as well. It was a funny story about Sullivan. Like for like five minutes, I was having a conversation with John Sullivan, thinking that he and I had talked during football season. Come to find out when I went in my DMs, it was John Jansen. So totally like blew that one. Like, and I was wondering why Sullivan kept giving me like a weird look. Like, I don't think you're talking to the same person. And then I went to my DMs. I did find him later, like later before I left. I was like, dude, my bad. I was like, you know what? I was like, that was John Jansen that sent me the DMs. So, Cause Sullivan was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm in Seattle. I don't do much. Uh, you know, I don't do anything for the Vikings as far as TV goes. And, you know, I don't, I don't work on the radio. And I'm like, dude, you have a radio show. Nope. John Jansen. Totally John Jansen. So figure that out. So that was a very embarrassing moment. But no, it was fun. Uh, John Randall, <laughs> Randall McDaniel. John Randall's giving me crap because my my I have like a nerve thing in my back. So he was like writing down, talking about that's my 1,044th excuse now that I'm going to make today of why I'm not going to win. Um, but no, we had a lot of fun. Uh, nobody died. Uh, but there was a bird that was killed. I don't know at what point during the tournament it was killed, but by the time we got to it, uh, the carcass was being picked over by a crow or I don't know, vultures or whatever, but it was gross. Oh so, so, so I don't know, know if somebody know if it got, it got hit by a ball or some other. Yeah, we don't really know if it was like okay. a duck murdered a bird, a turkey. Right. Or something. Like, we don't know because there were some geese out there, you know, claiming territory. Like, they were they were hey, chasing when geese golf carts. And... That, that is theirs. Yeah, they so I don't know if they, them. like, that was like a gang murder of geese versus a bird or something. I have no idea. Like, territory, uh, no clue. But, no, it, it was fun to see all the legends out there. Uh, there are some Vikings entertainment uh, videos coming up of me breaking down Bernard Berry and Swing. Because uh, Bernard Berry and I were in uh, 10A, 10B, so we kind of stayed together for most of the day and, and made a lot of jokes. And he was on our show, of course, uh, last week. But, no, it, w- it was very funny. Uh, but the Vikings had like a camera crew and a drone follow us for a couple holes. And yeah, I did some I did some Bernardian golf commentary. The word undulation was used. So I, w- I went to my bag of words. <laughs> that, you're, you're a regular Jim Nance right there, Ron. You I know, love it. You know, the undulation uh, of the hole, it, you know, Bernard is not playing a Bernard's eye. The contours uh, of the yeah. green at the meadows. At it was very, it was very good. I did get a video, though. The Vikings drone caught me changing shoes. I don't know why they sent it to me. But they were like, dude, what are you doing? I was changing my shoes. I didn't realize the camera thing was – I'm glad I wasn't changing pants. I didn't know the camera thing was going the entire golf tournament, like randomly just videotaping stuff. Uh, But, yeah, they caught me bending over, changing my shoes, and somebody sent me the video, like, thinking it was funny. I'm like, well, at least I didn't take my pants off because I had on pants, and then it got really hot, and I thought about it because I had bought a pair of – I mean, sorry, Unreal gave me, which I'm wearing the Unreal shirt, and I'm wearing the pants and the shorts now. They gave me some shorts, and so I was going to change to the shorts, but – I didn't do it, which I'm glad I didn't, because then they would have had a video of me in my underwear on the golf course, and that probably would have ended up viral. So. <laughs> would have been viral, baby. Yeah. Shannon Sharp would be tweeting you again. Hey, wow. you 
You uh, you did a, a shirtless cold open once after the the Kirko chains thing. I so did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> not pantsless though. I'm not. I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, Unless Kirk does it. We, 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 you yeah, yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. You could. Yeah. <laughs> or you set the trend and send it to Kirk. I don't know if we want Kirk pantsless. Even though I, I told Sam that. this, there's an NFL tight end that's butt naked on social media right now with a pineapple. So I mean, there is that. Yeah, Reef. You haven't seen that? What? Apparently, George Kittle. Yeah. It's not George Kittle. Kittle. Hey, no, it's not Vashante Shanko. <laughs> oh man. Yep. There, George Kittle went butt naked for I don't need Chubby's. I think is the company, and he's butt naked with a pineapple. So yeah, appropriate name, I guess. Good Sex <laughs> appeal. Wow. Um, I got a this is a heavy question for you, Ron. This okay. A, a heavy question. Justin Jefferson is going to get paid a ton of money. We've been yep. talking about it on the show today. He's going to get like highest paid and, quarterback, yeah, hundred yeah, at least one hundred and sixty million dollars. We think. Yep. How do you let? How how do you not let that change you? Like, how do you stay hungry? How do you stay focused when you sign that kind of contract as a twenty three year old? No, you don't. It changes you. Money changes you. I don't care what you say. <laughs> like you give me 160, I'm different. Like I don't care I'm what people different. say, I'm different. Got like job. yes, I might not even open my own door up anymore. Sometimes, like I got 160 million. Like I'm gonna be humble. I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be courteous. I'm gonna still be a good guy. I'm gonna take my girls on dates. Blah blah. Like I'm gonna be. But like other little. St- oh man, come on now. Like man, my PlayStation doesn't work. Man, go buy me a new PlayStation. I'm not like I'm different. Like I don't. You 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 got 160 guaranteed. Like. You, it's 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 impossible to, and there's the thing, changing is not a bad thing. It's just how do you change? Right, I think that's like, where you're going to go next. Yeah, yeah. Like as yeah. long as he doesn't become like, and nothing against guys. I'm not going to use names because I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to be that guy. But nothing against some of these guys that make dumb mistakes, like you know DUIs and partying too much, and you know getting caught with drugs in the car on the dashboard. Uh, that was a Carolina. I think that was a Jaguars receiver that played quarterback at Arkansas. Um, but Matt yeah, Jones. Back, and said it was a baby powder like you know like because there was a movie and we know sam hasn't seen that movie there was yeah. a, a pimp called baby powder he would put baby powder in his hand and he would slap slap his uh women and uh that was mike epps in uh how high it was baby powder he'd be like man, give me this baby powder and his, his 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 little flunky would put baby powder in his hand and he slapped the person he would slap uh he slapped red man and method man because he was a fingerprint pimp. yeah, yeah it was a pimp named baby powder but you know that's what matt jones tried to say that he was baby powder but anyway um as long as you don't make those mistakes, changing is okay. Like I saw, uh, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw a, a millionaire, billionaire kind of post as he said, a lot of people uh, say that money won't change you and they're a lie. Um, the people that say that are people fighting their demons. And, and I, I feel like money is another one of those hot water tests. You don't know what kind of tea. Speaking of tea, I have a nice peach green tea here. Um, you don't know what kind of tea you are until you're putting hot water. Like you can look at every tea bag without smelling it. And you don't know what kind of tea, you don't know if it's black tea, English tea, orange, peach tea, whatever you put that thing in hot water. It's going to tell you what it's made of. That's the same thing with money. Like we don't really know what Justin Jefferson is. My guess is honestly, he's going to be the same cool, calm and collected guy. Uh, you know, him and Jamar chase and those guys, they've been stars at LSU before they've been in the spotlight before. So it's a little bit different. He, I mean, he's nationally known as the gritty King, even though Jamar chase does as well. And they both did it at LSU. Justin Jefferson made it famous. Um, but we will see, 
we'll see what what kind of tea he's made of. But honestly, I think he's a good kid. I saw him at the Timberwolves game. Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to change much, but it's going to change you. Like, I mean, I don't. I, I should have brought him in here for the show. I got a pair of sunglasses the Vikings gave me, and I might do it uh, before the next question. Just pull them out. But the Vikings gave me a pair of sunglasses uh, for for the tournament from Oakley. Like. If, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm having these sunglasses and it's diamonds across. Like, you change. Like, you just do. But it's not bad. That's the thing. Just don't be a jerk. Don't be an idiot. But you're going to change. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's inevitable. All right, Ron. Same kind of realm here. You got any cool or funny first paycheck stories? Like, you buy mom a car or something crazy like that? Or what was that moment like first time you got that first big check? Anything special you remember about it? Was it an actual physical check, too, you got to hold back then? Or what was it like? Yeah, so I mean, back in the uh, early 2000s, as my daughter calls it, the the 1900s, um, <laughs> makes it sound so old. You were born in the 1900s. I'm like, bro, it was 1980. Chill out. That's hilarious. Like, <laughs> by the way. It was in 1902. <laughs> These Zoomers, <laughs> man. Like, man, like the funniest thing too is my 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 daughter in the first grade, uh, the younger one. Uh, she asked my because she was doing a like a they were doing like a book. She was reading a book about I think it was uh Harriet Tubman. Literally asked my wife like, "Did you know her?" Like, whoa! I was like, "Wow!" Like, we are not that <laughs> old. Like, but speaking of first checks, <laughs> these were a gift. Hey. These were a gift from Oakley. Uh, shout out to Oakley. Uh, appreciate the Minnesota Vikings as well. You see the gold of the Vikings mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. Uh, myself, the Dontarius. I don't know if you guys remember Dontarius Thomas. Oh yeah. Um, I know. He, He's yeah. gonna, yeah, he was gonna be on the Ron Johnson show. He and I traded numbers and we talked it because and we we connected over the glasses because he was trying them on, I was trying them on. I'm like, man, these things are too gaudy. I'm like, give me, give me the regular ones. And then I was like, you know, screw it, let me get those. Like, they're free. I'm gonna go wild. But like Luke, like when you get that first paycheck, mine was uh, and I'm not gonna say small because I don't want to be disrespectful to, to what people make. In my opinion, it felt small. Um I, th- I think I signed for like 300 and something like it was like 300 and I can't remember what it was, but it was like 300 some thousand dollars um, was my signing bonus. And then I also had like my guaranteed $300,000 for the season is the or 225 maybe like. So like I had like a my first year was like, you know, like a six, seven hundred thousand dollar deal. You literally, it's a check. Like back in the day, like because we weren't set up on the teams, like auto made it pay. I didn't trust. I'm not gonna lie. For a full season, I didn't trust auto pay because I was like, how do I know they're actually gonna give me my money? Like this is my first. I'm 21, so I would every Tuesday I would go over there and pick up a check. Like I wanted to physically see it. So and then of course, because you, you don't go to the bank every Tuesday, I would show up to the bank on like a, a on like a, a random like Wednesday after practice with like four or five checks. And they're like, uh, sir, we, we, we can't just deposit $100,000 right now into your checking account. Like, you got to give us, like, a money market account. So I learned early about the banking side of it. By my third year, I started doing direct deposit. I was fine with it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just didn't know. And a lot of players made that same. A lot of younger, especially African-American, because we, we don't grow up hearing this and seeing this stuff in the banking world, uh, was questionable about, like, hey, how do I not get my money? You know, 401k, right. they matched us two to one. Uh, forty nine percent of the players I think on our team participated in the four hundred one k because they were like, wait, I'm gonna give so you twelve match two to one, two to one. You give wow. them twelve thousand, you mm. give them twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. They gave you twenty thousand every year, twenty thousand wow. dollars in your account every year. You give them twelve five, they give you twenty, and I'm they would match it for one to one match. What geez, right? Is so that still good. going on? One match, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can understand why people don't take advantage. Yeah, of it. they that's did. They one year, the year Howard Mudd. So when I coached for the Colts, Tom Moore and Howard Mudd fake retired. Uh, wasn't a secret. They became executive 
offensive assistants. That's when that role was created because they were so old and they had banked so much 401k. The NFL was like, look, you got to retire. Y'all got too much money. And they said, if you don't retire by this date, we're going to take like 25% of your 401k and put it back into something. I don't know. And so those dudes fake retired so that they can start pulling their 401k out without penalty because they were, you know, in their right, 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they could pull it out with no penalty, uh, but they had to start withdrawing it. And then then they became executive offensive assistants, which then is technically not offensive coordinator and uh, offensive line coach. So Tom Moore and Howard Mudd were definitely in the facility uh, because I my office was right down the hall and, and they would show up late, though. They wouldn't come to our meetings and come to our practice. They would show up at like 9 p.m. and watch film and act like they weren't going to be on the staff that year. Um, but yeah, so that's in that that year they matched three to one. So players and coaches could buy in at twelve Jeez. five and get thirty grand. That's wild, um, man. That's and crazy. and but you still you 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 had low participation. So speaking of the check, right. yes, Luke, it was an actual check. Mm-hmm. Uh, sat down, you had to physically actually sign it. Like even if you say, yeah, man, you had to fly in to physically sign the check just to get your check, and then you could go back home. So it was a lot of stuff around that too, because they wanted one. I think they wanted to make sure your exit injured, your physical, you like you know you weren't. You know, mm-hmm. you had broken right. your leg or something, or torn your ACL, and you're trying to get the signing bonus because they wanted to make sure when they signed you, you passed your physical, and you were going to be there for training camp and ready to go. And so, yeah, it was a physical check. And then we all kind of one by one, they, you know, they signed like the sixth and seventh round picks first. Then they came down to us, fourth and fifth round picks. They got the third and second round picks. Ed Reed was our first round pick. He held out, which is why he got taped to the goalposts. Um, but he held out, and then he eventually signed uh, after they untaped him from the goalposts and took the shaving cream off of his head and face. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he was the last one to sign to our group. But, yeah, he held out for like a week, I think. So the vets were like, all right, you think you're going, okay, where do you get here? And as soon as he got there, they taped him to the goalposts <laughs> and told us, if y'all cut him down, y'all getting taped up next, which that's why Javon Hunter got taped to a doorway, uh, which he told that story on the Ron Johnson show. Uh, because he fought it too. Like you don't fight, you don't fight them. Don't fight the vets. Just let them do what they want to do. If they want to throw you in a cold tub, do it. They take me up, threw me in a cold tub. I didn't fight it. Why? Because then they stopped messing with me. Javen, they took this dude's car and put it for sale for ten thousand dollars. It was a brand new Cadillac Escalade with twenty four inch rims and TVs, and they put it on sale for ten thousand dollars. You talking about a hundred calls? He got a hundred calls that day because everybody's like ten grand for this. Let me let me get this. <laughs> And so, yeah, so, but yeah, that was what, that was, that was my check store. We all had to go in and physically sign it to walk out with the check. And then, yeah. And then I had to find a bank that would actually take it from me. Uh, because I mean, again, it was, that's not a normal number to walk into a bank with just a check. Right. Like, Hey, uh, I need to open an account yeah. here. And they're like, uh, there's limits to checking <laughs> accounts. <laughs> I would have loved to seen the lady's facial expression. Oh yeah. She was like, Triple uh, sir, and, and, and this is a funny thing too. I had no idea about like bankers and like making appointments again. I'm 21 at right. this time. My dad was suffering from CTE. So he wasn't really around to help me out and, and advise me. My mom wasn't really good with money. Um, I did buy her a, a, a Mercedes after I bought my Escalade. So oh. her, my, her gift was a Mercedes. Uh, but I stood in line and waited like five to six people just chilling. I was just in line and I get to the front of the counter and the lady like, look like, uh, this is not uh, the line you're supposed to be in with this. Right. Yeah. You're just, like, you're just in the line. <laughs> See right. that VIP room over there. Well, it wasn't yeah, a VIP room. Weird. They were just saying like, you, you can't, can't get, just open a, up an account. 
right with two hundred seventy five thousand dollars like so they had to like bring a banker in this yeah they bought a banker in i had to open up like a money market account and this other stuff and because there's like limits to checking accounts with the interest and did you guys ever hear the story about ricky henderson he framed his one million dollar signing boat check and never deposited the a's A's accounting department at the end of the year they start freaking out they're like we got a million dollar surplus what's going on they finally found out (laughs) that he hadn't cashed the check and they're like go cash the check right now and back then like and we'll interest rates out. he could have yeah. made 30 grand over a year's time if he would have just put it you'd be surprised like about the things that young guys don't know mm-hmm. about the banking well, system and how well, it so works this is actually, yeah, this unless is somebody tells you and explains I it. How would you know? and i know luke braun is in the order but i know ron that you never want to answer a luke braun question anyway so i'll jump ahead <laughs> i wanted to find out did luke braun actually like find a way to take down ai i know that's what he was doing with his free time today he wanted to take down <laughs> yeah, all right. ai well, he did we we did have a, a little bit of a rant earlier in the episode about that. So I think that'll probably end AI, I think. Because I feel like Luke Braun is going to be like, I don't know if you guys seen iRobot. I know Sam hasn't, but it oh, was yeah. on TV yesterday. <laughs> I feel like Luke Braun would be the dude like leaving breadcrumbs for like a, 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 a robot. Like to 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 take over the whole world. Like I, <laughs> so I, for a second, I thought you were going to compare him to Will Smith. No, he wouldn't be. No, he wouldn't be the Will Smith. He'd be the he'd be the guy that gets thrown out the window because he's yeah. trying and, to like find a way to take. Yeah, because AI yeah. attacks right. him. Right. Like, because oh, you're not going to take us down. You're yeah. dead. Yeah. Well, so my my question is related <laughs> to all of this, right? So I was lucky that like my dad would call me as soon as I got like my first full time job. My dad would like call me every week. He's like, "Have you set up your four hundred one k? It should be at least seven percent." demand a match, you know, Hey, let me walk you through your health insurance options. Hey, here's what you do. Um, see if you can get in on a, uh, on like a, a partial hedge fund. Okay. Like he would walk me through a bunch of, I didn't listen. Right. I was like 21. Right. But <laughs> I was like, I got to pay rent. And he's like, look, we'll figure that part out, but we got it. The sooner you do this better. So um, I was really lucky in that regard. And I'm still learning stuff about the financial system to try and kind of like maximize what I have available to me. And there's always, things are always changing too. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're talking about like situations where um, you put yourself behind the eight ball because of um, you know not having access to those financial resources and the financial education. Right. That has been a focus of the NFLPA and to Correct. some extent the NFL for the past Correct. about a decade. Correct. Do you think they've done a good job in that regard, or do you think that there, there's a lot more they could do? Is it difficult to just reach out to players in the first place? Is it no longer on them at a certain point? How do you feel about yeah. all that? Um, I, I think they've done a decent job. Like Bart Scott, you know, former friend of mine, grew up with him, teammate. Um, I know he goes out and speaks uh, at, at, you know, mainly like the Jets and a couple of teams he's played with have, have invited him to come out and speak to the players about investing and, and making the right choices. He's He was on the ESPN broke uh, mm-hmm. deal talking about that, like how his rookies, because we were all in the locker room together, so I know exactly the stories he's talking about not realizing our checks are going to be in 17 weeks. So a lot of players, you know, if you, your minimum $300,000, what people don't know is it's not paid out over 12 months. It's paid out over 17 games because yeah. legally that's how the NFL has to do it. <clears throat> and a lot of rookies make that mistake where they're like, oh, man, I got a $40,000 check this week. You know, oh, man, I got a $25,000 because it changes based off taxes where we play. But Yes. And what players don't know is like, after the last game, especially if you don't make the playoffs, it's done. And then you look back and you're like, man, why did I buy 17 pairs of Air Force Ones? Like, what was I thinking? Like, I don't need 17 pairs of Air Force Ones, but 
it's one of those things where a lot of that little stuff isn't always told. I will say this. Um, they do provide the resources. Does everybody take advantage of them? Probably not because uh, it's just another meeting. And so some people think they know it enough. They think they don't need to know it right now because they're young. Uh, I'm going to play forever. So I don't really need to focus on my investments right now. Like it's a lot of stigmas around that, you know, like, oh, man, I'm 25. Like, I don't need to or 23. I don't need to know this. Or probably. So some players do the due diligence, take the time. They, they get with a veteran that really helps. And some don't. I will say Matt Stover, punter uh, or no, sorry, field goal kicker for the for the Ravens. Older guy. I don't know if people remember him. Uh, yep. He was my best yeah. resource because I was on special teams. So I just happened to be in a lot of meetings. And if not for him, honestly, I probably wouldn't have done the 401k. He kind of broke it down. Wow. Uh, in simple forms like when they cut because they come to the locker room with the forms and you got to sit there and kind of fill it out and you meet with the financial advisor and then you move on you elect it yes or you say nope and he told me he's like man maximize it do the whole deal trust yeah. me and nice then he sense. said here's your allocations and uh yeah it, it's been like you know when you start looking at the bond funds you look at the government funds you look at the big business funds the small company funds you know all the stuff like it's like what do i put my money in he said look whatever you put it in leave it He's like, because don't play around and try to beat the market. The market is always going to correct itself. You just have to hope over time it keeps, it's going to drop and it's going to correct itself. It's going to drop, you know, and so he kind of gave me that advice, which I mean, I'm 43. I was 21 at the time. 22 years later, I still use that advice of like, yeah, stop looking yeah. at it. Cause I still get my 401k statements from the NFL and I try to just like, I, I glance, but I throw them away. I don't right. like, I don't yeah. harp on like, oh, don't tease me. Yeah. yeah. Like we yep. lost 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause that hurts. Like I remember during the 2009, 2010, oh man, I think I lost like 70 grand, but then Oof. now I look at it and I, it's gone up like 150 grand, you know, oh, like good. you just, yeah, you just yeah, have to like, yeah, you just have to kind of sure. like not watch it and don't worry about it because mm -hmm. you you can like you can go crazy. Where I I'm not gonna lie, at one point I almost took it out and took the penalty because I'm like, man, this thing's gonna keep dropping, and I'm mm -hmm. glad I didn't. Somebody talked me out of that. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, like it's it it is the NFL does a good job, um, but they're they, I know like Les Pico, for instance, for the Vikings, he does a great job, and I'm not saying every team has a Les Pico, and that might be part of the problem. Uh, but Les Pico for the Vikings, he does it. He's the player engagement guy. He's the player uh, personnel guy. He does a great job of getting stuff set up for them, like speakers and and uh, event stuff, and 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 connecting rookies with former players, and like these golf tournaments. You know, I could see you know like Chris Carter talking to you know so and so, and I can see John Randall over there talking to so you know like they do a good job of that too of getting these older guys that are Hall of Famers that have been through everything. These guys are going to go through to connect with these players. Not saying every team does. Does that, but I know that's the NFL's goal eventually that every team understands the importance of a guy like Les Pico for the Vikings. Mm. Ron, you got anything for Ron? Yeah, so a uh, bunch of players not at OTAs. Justin Jefferson's not at OTAs, mm -hmm. presumably doing his own work kind of on his own schedule. And I, I kind of wanted to ask about like the pros and cons of that, of, of doing it on your own versus being at like the same structure everybody else is doing. I, you know, second year in the system. So you're not, it's a way different learning curve. But the idea of kind of working out on your own versus doing the voluntary OTA workouts, um, like, yeah. what's different? Yeah, well, one, let me take these glasses. Okay? I feel like Randy uh, Macho Man. I'm always going to go, ooh. You know, yeah, I can't oh, do that. Like, yeah. The cream <laughs> rises to the top. 
hey, now Ron, I see why he did. You that. can pull those off, by the way. You should like, be rocking those. You can like pull the glasses those off. just make you want yeah. to do the Macho Man. Like, yeah. Oh no, right. I'm I'm wearing them this this weekend for sure. <laughs> My daughter tried to take them. That's how I know they're kind of cool because she tried right. to wear them. I'm like, one, you're not wearing nice. some two hundred and seventy dollar pairs of Oakleys. These are not kid glasses. Like, <laughs> right. These were a gift from Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> these are not for you to be around your softball friends. Like, calm down. Um, but I am gonna I am gonna wear them. Uh, and so, um, she's probably gonna be a little embarrassed. I don't care. But, uh, what I will say about that, um, there's two sides of this. One, you don't want to get hurt if you're not around the team, because the team could use that against you and say, look, you didn't get hurt around us. We're not paying for this. You know, that's guys have always bought that up. Be very careful of what you do. Um, like who's the DB that wasn't signed, but he just tore like his Achilles or something. So he's going to be out. Like it's not Kevin King. It's like a former Packer guy, though. I thought that was looking for a job, um, but he tore. I thought his it was Achilles. Kevin King. Is it Kevin King? Maybe well, it is Kevin King. I think it was Kevin King. Yeah. Um, he tore his Achilles, like working out, and so now, and he hadn't signed yet. So now, one, he's working out to try to get on a team. Gets hurt working out trying to get on a team. Doesn't have a team. So now he's like without pay. Like he can't Jeez. he can't get workers comp and all that too. He can't get insurance because well, yeah. he doesn't have a team. And so that's part of it. It's like, well, uh, if you know you technically were gonna get picked up, what can a lawyer do to help you get the NFL at least? Not a team, but the NFL to maybe cover your 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 expenses, you know, for getting hurt. Because the NFL doesn't cover stuff that doesn't happen on their field. You know, like as an owner, like as the Packers going to be like, look, dude, you weren't even signed with us. Why would we Why would we take care of you? You know, like, and so that's the tough thing about this business. So that's one. I hope Justin Jefferson knows that. Stay. I mean, he's on the contract, though, too. So they are still liable for some of the stuff. Yeah. But stay healthy. That's one. Because then they can say, look, we're not paying you all that 160. Like, you're hurt. But yeah, two. Just, uh, su- super quick before you get into number two. Yeah. That's exactly why Trey Waynes, when he s- signed with the Bengals, this is during COVID, mm-hmm. and the Bengals wanted to bring everyone into the building to sign, and they couldn't yet. And so they had agreed to terms with a number of players, including Trey Waynes. Waynes did not do any offseason workouts because his agent told him, don't do that until your name is on that piece of paper. Right. And it turns out he signs, and then he immediately gets injured. And then he's protected, right? Right. <laughs> you know, but like, but like that's which that's maybe exactly. was he was he already injured though, and then just waited to no, sign, yeah, yeah, and I mean, then that's, that's, yeah, yeah, no, no, no I'm not gonna do that. He went <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that to but, Luke Bryan. But yeah, no, it's, it's it's super important to like always be under the protection of a team when you're engaging in football activities for that very reason. Sorry, Ron. True that, and that's what OTAs were created for: off-season training, uh, or or no wait, what is it? Uh, off-season team activity, and that's the reason. Organize, no, organized team organized activities. Team I always forget activity. it. Yes. Organized team activities. That's the reason uh, for it. And the whole purpose was for the CBA to say, look, these players do want to work out. They do want to be in the building, but how do we cover them? Because it used to be like my dad was telling me, they used to like the Steelers players. They would just go to Pittsburgh and work out as a team. Like the team wasn't covering it. They just would be there, you know, with their defense, with Terry Bradshaw, just working out. Uh, Mel Blunt, him, because, you know, they would always tell me stories about my dad, you know, want to run five miles, then work out. They run another five miles like he was a work. And everybody told me those stories. He was a workout guru, like wanted to run heels after, you know, running, you know, gashers and blah, blah. But they had to do it at the facility because, you know, it wasn't a lot of places you could just work out. But the team wasn't paying for them to be there. And that's what the CBA wanted. Like, look, these guys do want to work out, but you should pay them to work out for you. Like they're working out for you. 
why aren't they getting paid in the offseason? And that's why a lot of guys like my dad's age had jobs in the offseason. We see that all the time on ESPN, those guys telling those stories like, oh, I was a I was a stockbroker in the offseason or I was a realtor. Or, I was a you know, I worked at a grocery store. Or, I was a cab driver. You know, like those guys had real jobs, even though they were NFL players, because in the offseason they weren't getting paid. Where now you get guys that get five hundred thousand dollar bonuses just for lifting weights. 80% of the time is the rest of the team. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Santana Moss had that. I, and now we didn't even bring that up when he was on the show, but I remember that because I was there. All this dude had to do was show up for 80% of the offseason training, and he was going to get a $500,000 bonus where you got other players just wanting $500,000 for the season. This dude was getting it just for working out 80% of the time, which is lifting weights and running. And so that's what the CBA was created for. But the second thing, uh, back to Luke Bronze, part of this, the other side of that is I completely get it because Justin Jefferson is a commodity and like any commodity he's wanted by every, there's not a team in the NFL right now that wouldn't say I would trade my left arm for Justin Jefferson. Well, maybe some, uh, but most would say I would trade whatever I can to have Justin Jefferson on my team because of his age and the fact that he's still on his first contract. So that's part of it. The Vikings are going to, I mean, he'll, I think Jordan Reed bought this up on our show. Uh, he'll have his second contract before he's 30 or no, his third contract before he's 30, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And so that's unheard of. And so when you think about Justin Jefferson, staying away is actually his way of also saying like, look, I'm serious about this. I want the money. Uh, I don't think for him, I mean, treadmill, lifetime fitness type workouts, like that's all he needs to do. Do some curls, do some push-ups, but he doesn't need to go, go hard in the paint to where he's like pushing his body past like where it needs to go wait till they sign you and then go hard but uh yeah no because if he comes back now with a torn anything they're gonna give him a low they're gonna lowball him and the owners are all gonna stick together in that and say look we're not gonna go negotiate for you you need to negotiate with the vikings and that's because that's what a lot of players do they try to get offer sheets from other teams it's like lamar jackson that's what other teams that's what people thought it was like a, a, a blackballing lamar it was more of other teams like why am i gonna help the ravens if i give you an offer the ravens isn't gonna match it so why would I help them? I want them to figure it out with you. And that's that's what ended up happening with Lamar Jackson. Ron, good stuff as always. Um, he's at 3Ron Johnson on Twitter, and he hosts the roundtable on Friday mornings. We always have some some good topics with yourself, Luke Inman, Reggie Wilson. Uh, can't wait for that in the morning. Thanks for sharing uh, all the intel today, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, all right? Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. He's the host of the Ron Johnson Show here at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Um, why don't we table just to for Luke Braun's chagrin? Let's table the rest of the AI game until next we don't show have to. and con- we just let conclude. It go. Uh, or or not. Or we could do a little bit of uh this. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Paul's the biggest faux pas of the week. We go around the circle. Let's start with Luke Inman. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm going to the game tonight. My mind's been on the Minnesota Twins, so I apologize if maybe I'm a little out of my element here. But, guys, I don't know if you've followed this team. It's either win by 12 runs or lose by one. Every night, it feels like. They're one of the worst teams in baseball in one-run games, yet their point differential is plus 46. That's six best in MLB. So, Figure it out, Minnesota Twins. Just win one tonight because I'm in attendance, will you? <laughs> With Fangirl, right? That's all I got. Fangirl, fangirl.com. That's right. Fangirl, fangirl.com. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Arif? Uh, mine's going to be a throwback to the intro. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
did a, I wouldn't say necessarily tell all interview, more like a spill the tea interview with Matt Schneidman about uh, his time ending with the Packers full of like, I'm not even gonna say interesting stories, full of stories about how he feels about the Packers. And I think he thinks he comes out of this looking really good. I think Aaron Rodgers comes away from this interview thinking the things that he said are going to make him look like the better person out of this entire mess with the Packers. Uh, and that did not happen. Absolutely not. And uh, and he just see, like he comes off as this insanely petty dude, which we all kind of assume he is. But like, that's just what's happening in this interview. Huge faux pas. The thing that really got me is that like he clearly he's like he's just the type of guy that 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 is smart, but thinks he's smarter than he is. Right. Just one of those really obnoxious kind of dudes, you know, like Luke Braun, where they think that Man. because they're a little bit smart, that they're actually really smart. And so he just keeps on throwing phrases in there that like don't make any sense. And so like I'm just going to quote it before we go to, to Luke Braun's party foul. Did Brian text me more than I texted him? Yeah. But did I ghost him? No. First of all, what? <laughs> Roger said, I texted him back. There were there was back and forth that we had. And so this is the story you want to go with? You're going to stand on this hill of austerity and say that arguably in the conversation of the best player in your franchise history, you're going to say, I couldn't get a hold of him. And that's why we had to move on. First of all, he couldn't get a hold of you. That's it. That's the story. Like, he ends up going on and saying, like, when I'm on the West Coast, I don't get bars, so people have to FaceTime me. How does that make sense, first of all? Second, that's on you, then. Third, the phrase hill of austerity is not a phrase. It makes no sense. It's not a literary reference. And the phrase austerity just, like, doesn't work here. And as I noted on Twitter, if anyone was on a hill of austerity in like a very like classical sense of the word austerity, it would be him because he went to a darkness retreat that was very austere in the sense that there were no creature comforts, no luxury goods. <laughs> he was literally on a hill of austerity. So like, what, what are you saying? My dude, that's my party foul. Wow. I need to read and it wow. comes full wow. circle to a reef's cold wow. open. Wow. With the hill of austerity. It's just, it's just, it's this, it's wow. the type of guy. I don't like this type of guy. That's <laughs> just, just be better, man. Just be yeah. better in general. It's, it's don't just do like, that. There's, there's, there's worse. We all know a guy. 100% there are worse players in the league. Yeah. It's like worse humans have done more awful things to but more these guys irk you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I just, I can't be in a room with this guy. You just it. want to slap him. <laughs> I get it. I get you want it. to slap him with the baby powder. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> I'm going to give my party foul to uh, anybody, any uh, sports aggregator Twitter account or sports writer who decided to say I had chat GPT rank something and decided to turn that in as their article. Uh, do better. Try some. Now, if, if, the, if the piece was, and this reveals the limitations of chat GPT, but it never is. It's never that. It never is. No, because that would require research and thoughts and something that differentiates you from the next person. You know? Just wait until Google rolls out Bard for public use. I mean, it's going to get Bard's way worse. Pretty bad. <laughs> Bard Bard's is so much. Bad. So 
bad as in so much smarter than ChatGPT? No. It's not good at the thing it's supposed to do. <laughs> well, it still makes stuff up. Yes, but it has it's not like limited to it's still September 2021. Lies. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's nice that it is like connected to the internet and can provide a little bit more up-to-date information, but it's worse at doing the things that ChatGPT does well, and it's not very good at the things that ChatGPT does not do well. Uh, I hate you to speak say like this. a man who's used Bard. Yeah, of course I have. Oh, um, okay. uh, I, I like, oh, look, I hate these things, but I can't like, I cannot embrace the role of like a hater without like using all of these things and understanding it in a little bit more context. Like I need to, it, it's, I'm the kind of person who wouldn't hate Twilight until he had read all the books. Mistake, by the way. Um <laughs> people hated it too much for reasons I won't get into, but it's not good. Um, but uh, let's go I on a twilight this, tangent, but, but being, yeah, right. But <laughs> Bing is actually their AI is really good. They're all bad. Relatively speaking, Bing's might be the best, which is weird. Hmm. I'm not comfortable saying that. Bing is the best. Interesting. Thing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Um, my party. Foul. Okay. Yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> any any of the the mouthpieces that have reported that there's a chance Dalvin Cook might be back, I don't. I I think you're just you're just you know carrying the water for whoever wants to kind of smooth things over, or stall, or filibuster Ooh. until this trade or Fed release goes through. <laughs> Federal I'm, activity. I'm not. Psyops. I'm not. I, I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in buying that. This is suddenly. It's gonna be. It'd be so. It'd be too awkward. It would be like watching the. Uh, this. So I. What's the show on Netflix? I think you can leave. The, <laughs> I think the sketch. Show. I think you should leave. Yeah. I think you should leave. It'd be more awkward than that show if Dalvin Cook came back <laughs> to the Vikings. It's not gonna happen. It's, just, it's not happening. Also, that show is really hard to watch sometimes. Also, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's hilarious. Humor. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's really difficult for me to do awkward humor with like live participants that are not aware of the joke. It's just <laughs> me personally. Um, it's like so I can't watch much Nathan Fielder, but he is a comic genius. It's like something he I is acknowledge. hilarious. Right? So animated. Just, yeah. It's just tough for me. Yeah. That's the Minnesota Football Party today. Uh, thanks to Ron Johnson for joining. Thanks to Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Arif Hassan. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Comment below, subscribe on YouTube, and find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to the everydayers for tuning in to the Minnesota Football Party throughout the week. Roundtable tomorrow, and we'll be back on the Minnesota Football Party on Monday. Until then, so long. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.